Man, we gotta start using Apple Cash. Okay, why? It's so easy and convenient. Apple Cash lives in messages. All right. So I can pay you in the convos we're already having. Not forget a payment or have money sitting somewhere just collecting dust. Oh, that is nice. And then you can use that cash right away and buy stuff like at a store with Apple Pay. I don't have to do all that bank transfer stuff. Nope. It's just right there. Easy, convenient, and secure. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? See how easy that was? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. Named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I've Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. So, Annie. Yes. I thought for today's Monday Mini, I was going to do this whole like big research thing and then like, oh yeah, I got a handle on this subject for sure because you've been talking to me about it for so long that I was like, yeah, yeah, we're good. I'm just going to put some little facts in here, little statistics. And then as I was researching it, I realized, oh my goodness, I actually don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons, which is what we're going to talk about today because I thought it would be fun for you to tell us what's going on in your world of D&D. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, you know what? And, and, and for Monday Mini, not only will we have the personal things that are going on, we'll do a little statistics because I, I don't know if we've done this. And then as I was looking things up, I realized, yeah, I have no idea what this game is. <laughs> <laughs> In my head, Dungeons and Dragons meant, you know, there's a dragon maybe and someone wearing a costume doing magic, possibly. Yeah? No? And for those who do love D&D, I'm sorry. That was not an insult. I really did not realize what it all was. Mm-hmm. And I know you've done a little bit about D&D before, before I came on, right? Yes. We talked about it briefly when I had Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History class on the show. And we did one on tabletop gaming. And we talked about our experiences playing D&D. And, and, and like even with you, Samantha, back when we first started, we did our trauma miniseries. We did those self-care things at the the end. And mine was always Dungeons and Dragons based. But I would love to come, of course, me being a nerd, I would love to come back and do a whole episode on Dungeons and Dragons. But Tracy and I talked about how when the game was first developed, women characters had these things called beauty points where you would 
use your beauty to charm someone, or I'm guessing not charm someone, depending (laughs) on your character. And just problematic things like that. And I think some racist, like, tropes maybe in there. Right. This is an interesting world, because you've got, like, dwarves and elves, and, and they have, like, traits... But it's changed for sure. But but back when it's... I would love to trace the evolution of that. Right, for sure. Yeah, so from what I understand, this originally was geared toward men, essentially thinking that they would be the ones that enjoy enjoy this. But there was an overhaul. And in the 70s, Mm -hmm. they were like, wait, wait, wait. There's a lot of women who are really into this as well. But we started seeing like, but if you're a woman, you're going to have to have these beauty points and these and these and these. Mm -hmm. But the original creator started by testing this out with his children. And I didn't know that. And it involved his son and his daughter. As in fact, the daughter is the one who chose the name Dungeons and Dragons. So... I'm not really sure how they veered from that to be like, let's make it a little bit sexist. Yeah? No? Okay. (laughs) And of course, the early editions had help from other women creators like Jean Wells and Kim Mohan and Penny Williams and apparently a lot, lot more. But yet we still have that like, hmm, you don't want to credit them for some reason. Okay. Right. And that's when I started realizing, okay, I don't really know this game as I'm trying to Uh understand all of these things. And I wanted to ask you, can you give us... The because what I read was there are some already base characters, but of course it's grown bigger and bigger into the storytelling, and you create your own world. But what is the basis of D and D? Well, let me begin. <laughs> we'll talk about version five e. There have been several versions. I think the easiest way to explain it is it is a role playing game where you have a dungeon master or a game master who runs the game. They are the ones that know the rules, that uh, tell the story. So if if you were playing with me, Samantha, I would be like, you enter a bar and you hear buzzing of people talking and people are drunk. Like, I would paint a picture for you. And you as a player would decide... I want to go up and talk to the bartender and get in a bar fight. Or, you know, you would say what you want to do. I would tell you, based on the rules of the game, what whether or not you can do that and what will happen if you do. And that's largely determined by rolling a D20 dice and seeing if you succeed, if you get a, a, a 20 good, one very bad. You're going to lose that bar fight, Samantha. (laughs) You're probably going to lose, lose all your money, fall and get your head stuck in a bucket. In a bucket even? Okay. Yes, yes. You do not want a one. A very, very bad. Okay. And so you create these characters. You choose the race of like an elf or a human or a dwarf. And then the class, which is like a rogue or a, a thief character or a mage. You can do magic. And then you roll for stats. And there are six main stats. And they are things like charisma, which did, yes, used to be beauty points, or stealth, well, dexterity, and constitution. And you determine on what you roll. It determines if like you're good at being charismatic or if you're terrible at being charismatic. <laughs> and then that so, like, impacts. Life. Yes. Oh, gosh, yes. So... You have kind of those base things. And then there are worlds and maps and storylines that are already written. So if I wanted to be a dungeon master, but I didn't want to write a whole story, then I can just get one of these and do it that way. I, of course, like to make things really, really complicated for myself. So I homebrew, as it's called. And that means you write the entire story. Right. 
So there is a base. Like there is something that you can yes. just automatically use or you yes. can become creative in its own, which is what I was trying to figure out myself. I was like, what is, what's happening? Yeah. And speaking of that, as you were talking about dungeon masters or DMs, and obviously mm-hmm. there's been a whole, I've, I've noticed a Twitter back and forth, I guess, a conversation. They're not arguing, but it's more of a conversation about whether or not to change the term masters. So a lot of people have talked about using moderators and, and then just mm-hmm. doing the initials, the DM, the GMs and all of that. So that's yeah. a whole different level of conversation. But as I'm reading... And trying to figure out this scientific world of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah. That there's not too many women who take on the DM or GM role. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So for me, when I first got into Dungeons and Dragons, I did get into it because of a dude and also because of I thought it would help me figure out the ending of this thing I was writing. If I had to play as this character, what would she do? And also help with the PTSD, which it's been said that it does. But I, the reason I put it off so long was because I was afraid of the rules. It's, there are a lot of rules and I thought it was very technical. And if I start playing with people who've already played, and a lot of them dudes, like I'm just going to be scared the whole time to do anything and I'm not going to do anything. Which I, it was like that, not in terms of people being mean to me at all, but it was like that where I was just nervous that I was going to screw up right. in heavy quotes. And it is a kind of a... It can be really vulnerable, especially with the character I did, where you do have this kind of close connection where it's like... I, f- I felt so timid, like, well, she would do this. <laughs> right. And unsure of just how the rules work and not wanting to really screw up. But I played for probably a year. And then it became we didn't want the same person to have to run the game again because it is a lot of work, but no one else wanted to run it. I wanted to keep playing. Mm -hmm. So I had to, if that was the case, I had to do it. You had to take up the mantle. I had to take up the mantle, but I was extremely intimidated to do it. I will say, I had talked to friends about it and heard about how being a woman and being a DM, they felt like they got called out more about Mm -hmm. like rules knowledge And like, are you sure? I think I can get away with it. You know, like kind of being questioned. And these were friends of mine I was playing with. So I wasn't really worried about that. Although in the heat of the game, people will be like, are you? No, I'll get out that rule book. Right, right. (laughs) And just because I had... I know the rule book is huge. I would guess. Yeah, yeah. And I'm lucky that I play with people who are pretty flexible unless it gets down to it, then they they want to know the rule. But, you know, <laughs> like you're more interested in the game moving on smoothly than getting every rule correctly. But I was... You know me, Smith. I'm right. somebody who wants to get those things correct. Oh, yeah. And then I start doubting myself. So I had to get over that. And I still get nervous. Like I'm supposed to play tonight. Right. And I'm already nervous. It's like hours away. Yeah. Just because you want people to have a fun time. Right. And then I will say something else... I've never experienced this, but I have seen people experience it or be afraid that they would, and I've been afraid of it too, where you're, as a woman, worried about sexist... (laughs) It sounds so strange, but like basically being treated (laughs) misogynistically in a game. Mm -hmm. Like your character being treated that way. so I've played with random people once and it didn't happen, but I was nervous. They were all guys. Right. And I like, what if I'm the only woman character in this game? What right. if they're like flirting with me or like the male villain does something? Right. Like, 
having that concern. And I've heard of it happening. Right. Um, I could absolutely see that. Yeah. So that, I've never been afraid of that with the people I play with, but somebody I did play with, she kind of had, I wouldn't call it a panic attack, but she removed her character from a situation where we were all flirting with like the guards. Mm -hmm. And then she just was like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And I think it's kind of that fear of like, what is this going to escalate to? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of my <laughs> been my experience. Yeah, I mean, and that that's what I'm just as I'm reading about why people are pushing or who they are saying and the fact that there has to be justifications of saying literal articles that say yes, women belong in D&D. You know, stuff like yeah. that tells you, wait, who said they didn't? Okay, there's a fight for this yeah. to even have to be a conversation. And yeah. again, one of the things I talked about with the the DM uh, and if it was a woman, if it versus being a man, the conversation was like one of the benefits in having a female or a woman to be the DM for this is the fact that they're probably more likely to a anticipate a lot more situations. As you've told me, this is the one thing I know is that you have to be <laughs> ready for any and all possible situations that the players are going to throw at you. A, mm-hmm. B, as well as the fact that you are a very creative storyteller. And a lot of the times uh, when it was just all men, it was just all about mechanics and the technicalities and, and instead of setting up a beautiful storyline. Um, and that's for a lot of, even though this is a kind of a gendered conversation, but it, it has shown true that women are more detail-oriented in things like this as well mm-hmm. as willing to see a bigger story and more a uh, detailed story. And so that is a benefit of having a woman to be the DM. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Um, in my in my experience, for sure. And I, <laughs> I shudder to think because our big convention here, Dragon Con, they have a whole floor where you can play Dungeons and Dragons. And I just feel like what's going to happen if I ever decided to DM that is it's just going to be dudes attacking me for the rules. But... The people I play with are pretty balanced between men and women. And I will say, the thing that I've noticed anecdotally is that women are more likely to recognize that it is a game and there are rules. And sometimes it's not worth, like, questioning every single thing. Right. Sometimes if you want the story to move on, you have to just, in the back of your player brain, be like, okay, this is a game. And if the if the dungeon master is saying, here's this important flyer, I wouldn't do it that way. But basically, if I'm drawing attention to certain things, pay attention. you should probably pay attention to those <laughs> things instead of just being like, I want to go that way. And then I have to come up with something. Completely different. That, that's what I've noticed is like women are, they'll move it along. Right. And if, if you're a good DM, which I like to think I am, then that doesn't usually become a problem. But you'll some players are just like, no, I want to go do this. And like, ugh, okay. I think uh, that tells me that I don't need to be playing D&D because I probably would be that player. No, I'll, I, you can't tell me what to do. I'm going to do this. I, could, I think that I know you well enough, though. I could anticipate <laughs> Perhaps. things. Perhaps. <laughs> it's true. My <laughs> contrarian personality, you kind of already know. Yeah. Well, thank you for answering that because I, as I said, as I was trying to research it, I was like, huh. I really don't know anything <laughs> about this. I just know what Annie is doing. Yeah. Not the overall. But speaking of what Annie is doing, Annie, I need an update about what's going on in your D&D world. Oh, I'm going to try to keep this short because I could go <laughs> on and on and on. So the campaign I was talking about when we first started our trauma series where I tried to figure out the ending of that character, 
I did figure out how that story ends. It's very sad, of course. But um, <laughs> after that, that was the one I took. And it was the first time I um, ran a game. And that campaign just came to an end a couple months ago after three years. <laughs> oh, that's a long time. Three years. I've had to figure out how to do it during quarantine, which involves like a two laptop setup and an overhead camera and all this stuff. <laughs> and it was really, I have to say, it was really... I felt seen in a way I wasn't sure I was ready to because it was a very like upsetting storyline and I didn't anticipate how I was like, do they think I'm like messed up? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, RPGs, huh? Because they really investigated and I was kind of hoping they wouldn't. But anyway, that's that's on me. Uh, The other one I'm doing, I started recently, so it's newer. And (laughs) I have, of course, my poor cinnamon roll. Poor Prince Cinnamon Roll has just been kidnapped in this world. It is a a world of very many Star Wars-based puns. (laughs) So many, like Snowy One Kenobi, shenanigans, which, like, imagine trying to keep a straight face and perhaps do a voice (laughs) when you're saying these names. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and I, I'm lucky that I play with I play with really good friends of mine and they know me really well so they try to get me to say all the Star Wars puns uh, they'll try to get their characters to get to the bottom of the yeah. very intricate puns I've created <laughs> I still think because we've talked about this before is you need to do a Patreon because it involves Savers co-host Lauren as well as uh, stuff they don't want you to know co-host Ben is Noel part mm-hmm. of that one too? I can't remember. No, but he helps me write songs for it. Okay. My campaigns have songs in it, listeners. Oh, oh. <laughs> I still think you need to do like a live feed of or recording of you guys playing at one point in time. I think people would pay a little bit of money to see that. <laughs> we actually talked about it. We were going to try to uh, raise money for a charity. Funnily enough, this you know, always keep in mind, if you're nervous, other people are probably nervous too because they told me they were too nervous at first, to have it, to play it and have other people listen to it. But I bet they would now, now yeah. that they've played a little bit. They got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they always do just the silliest thing I think they can do. And twice they've completely broken me as a, a dungeon master where I just couldn't stop laughing. One was at this time where Ben's character tried to talk to some fish. <laughs> I was trying to get them to go fishing because they needed fish for a meal. And he tried to talk to them. He put his head in the water and tried to talk to the fish. Okay. And I could not stop laughing. I was like, you could just go fishing. <laughs> Which was not very good as a DM, but I couldn't stop laughing. And then in the most recent one, no one will get this because it's holiday, the Star Wars holiday special base. But I was trying to get them to realize that Mala needs to break up with Chewbacca and she needs to go hook up with either Mando or Lando. However, they completely misinterpreted the situation and they're trying to get her to hook up with Wicket, who is the Ewok. Okay, then. And I could not, I was dying laughing because they were like writing notes and pretending they were from the other characters. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> It was so funny. <laughs> yeah, and then I do have a character based on your dog, Samantha yes. Peaches. I had made Peaches. a request just to please yep. put her in there to make a lot of mischief because I feel she like does. that represents both me and my dog. 
Yes. And so Peaches, basically the plot line is that they have to go to eight cities and get something in every city. And so far, they're, they're on their third... They're on the way to Tatooine, essentially. So the fourth city. And Peaches has shown up in every one. And by now... Because Peaches does cause so much trouble. Like in the first one, they, she was like, I told those guys over there where you were. They looked really angry, but maybe they just... And so they had to go fight those dudes. <laughs> so by now, they like groan when Peaches shows up. Yeah, I was going to say, she's she's gotten a quite a reputation. They've never she met has, my they, dog. But, they, yeah. but she's got a reputation. In which I say, I want her to be a lovable dog. And she doesn't mean <laughs> to cause these mischiefs. No, it just she doesn't. happens to be... I did toy with the idea that she would be the big bad at the end, but yeah. I've dismissed it. Yeah, they've turned it into a verb, Peaches McBuzzin' something, which means <laughs> to mess something up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's about... Again, I could go on and on and right. on. Uh, they, they forgot what was in their bag of holding, and... Oh, Listen thing. they oh. made me roll for it. Oh, no. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for sharing that with me. Because again, I was like, yeah, let's just do something fun because we're, we're pretty heavy duty with our stuff lately. And mm-hmm. this was a good way of talking about gaming. And as we're coming towards the end of the pandemic, we know we're going to do a little more face-to-face stuff. And though this is yeah. a face-to-face thing, this has been a nice distraction, I think, for you and for others mm-hmm. to be able to do this over uh, video conferencing and all that. So I wanted to talk about it and follow up again because mm-hmm. I think people love hearing what's going on in these make-believe worlds that I know nothing about, obviously. <laughs> you should guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and and obviously a world that I don't know much about and, and involving such a huge... I mean, the D&D is probably one of the most popular games of all time, essentially. And it, it's it's able to connect a lot of people. Like you talk about how people were able to work their, some of their trauma. Mm-hmm. And you talked about the fact that, you know, maybe some daddy issues seems oh, to yeah. be the thing. And oh as well gosh. as being able to like find the, the ending to your characters, whatever, in books. This mm-hmm. is an amazing outlet. So thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that with us. Thank you for letting me talk about it. Um, I do think as we were having this discussion, I I realized that of the four groups of people I know that play D&D, all of them have had a female DM. So I think it is That's having awesome. a resurgence. And I do think, I know I, we talked about it in the Susan Care episode with Bridget. It does these skills that have been traditionally seen as more like in the realm of women. But I mean, even if you just want to build up skills of like project planning and yeah. reading people... This is for you. That's awesome. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. Yes. I'm sure there will be more updates in the future. But until then, listeners, if you're playing D&D, oh, tell us about your character. If you're running a game, tell us about your experience. We would love to hear from you. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff I've Never Told You or on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. 
Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest, named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.